Welcome to This Is Your Book Club Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. How are you Dang doing, it. Jamie? How are you doing? I was hoping doing? that would come out better, but it didn't. <laughs> I'm good. But I have lost my voice, obviously. Oh, when so, you have to talk to a room full of five-year-olds. Yes, who have zero volume control, so I feel mm. like I have to talk louder. I have lost my voice. You know what? We welcome your it's lost voice. It's not completely voice. lost. It's on a journey. <laughs> And it will come back. I'm going to give it some time and then welcome it back when it comes back. <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. Okay. <laughs> That's what we'll do. So, hi, I'm Jamie. <laughs> um, Even though I don't sound like Jamie. I can verify. Thank you. That y- it is you. Perfect. You're here with us today. Um, we're going to be doing a What's on Your Shelf today. Yes. So exciting. Yes. I have some books to talk about. I have some that I loved. And then maybe some that I didn't so much. We need to hear about all the books. All the books, yes. The good, the bad. Absolutely. The ugly covers. Sometimes they have them. Yeah. Okay, but before we do that, do you have a fun fact? I do have a fun fact. Yay. I read an interview on SheReads.com. And I just can't get over that she's a physician. I know. Like, what I'm reading about her, I just come back to that, like, how the duality of those two professions of being a writer that writes fiction. Yes. And a physician who, you know, is... Cares for people's bodies. Does brain injuries. Oh, yeah. You know, specializes. That's the word (laughs) I was looking for. Specializes in brain injuries. So, um... The lady interviewing her said, as a physician and a New York Times bestselling author, what is the interplay between your medical career and your career as an author? What made you decide you want to pursue being an author? And she said, I never actually wanted to be an author. It's just one of the things that just happened. Writing was always a hobby for me. I took every writing class I could during school, but I never seriously considered it as a career. But at the same time, ever since I can remember, I always dreamed of having a published novel. Unfortunately, my attempts to publish using the traditional traditional route all met with ultimate failure. So when self-publishing became a thing, I quickly took advantage to publish my first book. There was no pressure at that point because I already had a busy career as a physician. And then I was happy because I had published a novel just like I had always wanted to. I'm not entirely sure how the rest of this happened. So yeah. she achieved her goal. Through self-publishing, she published one book, and then it all just snowballed from there. I love that. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So cool. She really, like, rose to fame with, like, the book talk fervor. So it kind of reminds me of Colleen Hoover. Yes. Who, through, like, a social media cult following of hers, yes. it blew up. And it kind of sounded like this was the same with her. So That is amazing. I I'm like, it. what in the world was her first book? Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm so very curious. And I don't know what it is. What it, I'd have yeah. to go back and see. But She's got a new cool. one out right now called The Coworker. And so mm. that's what that this... Um, interview was mostly talking about was her new release but 
I think it was the housemaid that really put her name on the map. Yes. Okay, so I see one listed on Goodreads. This is just a mm-hmm. side note for other curious people. Um, the earliest one I see is 2013, and it's titled The Devil Wears Scrubs. Okay, <laughs> interesting because she talks about um, in this same interview, she always wanted to write a book about her medical internship. And because it was so intense, she said, I read The Devil Wears Prada. And when I read it, I couldn't help but think to myself, medical training is so much worse than fashion. Uh, and so uh, maybe that's... Maybe it is the first one that she's written. Yeah, based off, like, right? kind of went off of that. Yes. And then there was one the next year called Suicide Med. Ooh. <laughs> I kind of love it. I love yeah. she, You write what you know. Right. And that's what right? she knows really well. And she sees yeah. all the drama yeah. in the medical field. Might as well write about it. Absolutely. That's why we love ER, Grey's Anatomy. Seriously. Sign me up. Yep. I'll read it. I them. love it. Anyway. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, let's take a break. Fantastic. All right. So now is the time. Sarah. We get to talk books. Let's hear it. I'm excited. Me too. I don't even know what you've read lately. We haven't even talked books. I know. We're so busy. I, Life I'm is not too busy. This. I'm not either. <laughs> I'm not loving me working full time or you working. I am not either. What happened to the days? I really miss the days that we were. I hate saying stay at home moms because we were busy. Our busy just happened later. It, but our busy exactly after the school hours were over yeah during school hours we were busy with pta together yep and as crazy as that was i actually kind of missed because we got to spend a lot of time together it's kind of social yeah it's very social it's very social yeah no i agree and we talked books a lot totally so miss it i'm missing it my heart aches for it a little bit getting older sucks Let me be young. Right, right. It's fine. I still read. And yeah. then I get to see you. Yeah, we still get to. Yeah. Which is good. It is good. So do you want me to go first? I do want you to go first. I thought you might. I could have given my voice a rest. Um, okay. The first book I'm going to talk about you read previously and I believe talked about here on the podcast. So maybe you guys will remember. Okay. Is The Celebrants by Stephen Rowley. Yes. Yes. So this I really like Stephen Rowley. The first book I read of his was The Gunkle. Oh, yeah. And I, I loved The Gunkle. I, the I thought Gunkle. it was so fun and charming. Yeah. Um, this was a, it took a different turn. I mean, the, there's no this children. Had a bit more serious yes. vibe to it. And I will say that um, just as a reminder, in case you didn't hear the episode where Jamie talked about it, this is the story of a group of five friends who used to be six. Mm-hmm. And we meet them um, the weekend after their sixth member has died. And they are spending the weekend together mourning his loss. And they, at this time, make a pact that um, they don't want any of them to die without hearing their own funeral. Mm-hmm. So if there ever comes a time in their lives, individual lives, when they feel so low that they need to like know people love them and care about them, then they reach out and they will hold a funeral. Right. And say all the things that they would say, mm-hmm. right? Say yeah. all the things. And you just never know when that's going to happen. So we follow them 
throughout their lives as one by one, they each call for a funeral. And each person's funeral is very different. And they they do different things to celebrate that person's life. And they all have these life experiences and things that they go through. Mm-hmm. And then still, and they're very separate until they come together Mm-hmm. for these funerals it right. feels like they're not hanging out a lot in between like mm-hmm. maybe a phone call or a text right? yeah if yeah I remember right um i got the impression that maybe like a if there, someone's passing through town right they might right. get together for dinner or they something. all live in different areas and yeah yeah um and i really like i like the idea of this right like why don't we say the things and why don't we remind the people that we love that we love them in right. a big way. Right. Not an everyday, oh, I love you. Right. You know I love you. Like, right. or even the little things. They're also important. Mm-hmm. But this was like a big thing, right? Right. And they legitimately call it your funeral. So, like, this is the idea of, like, what you would what do. What I would do for you. Yeah. Yeah. In these hard thi- in these hard times. So, I really love that. I will say that in the middle-ish it got slow. Like I felt like, okay, we're we're doing this again. And it kind of felt mm-hmm. sluggish and the things that life is hard. And yeah, we all know life is hard. And I did kind of have those thoughts. Um, but by the end, when they finish the last funeral and you see the way thing, like all the little ends are tied up nicely in a bow, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I really love these characters and I felt for them. And it was, it was sweet. I didn't like that one of the, or two of the characters took so long to like connect. She kind of felt right. like a huge life lost. Right. But that was like my only complaint. Yeah. I did like it. I thought it was sweet. Um, I gave it four stars. How many did I give it? I think you gave it four, four stars. Four stars as well. I don't, yeah, I really liked it as well. I'm so glad you read it and that you talked about it here because I left to hear yeah. your perspective on yeah. it too. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, good. It was good. It's like one of those like good fiction reads. He's mm-hmm. a good author. He's it's a good author. It's easy to follow. The characters feel real. Yeah. Like all those kinds of things. And I loved like the realisticness of we all do have different trials in our life. Yes. Very, very different. And we make choices that you may not understand. Exactly. Right. But you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We're going to come together and I'm going to tell you everything I really like about you and how much I care about you. Mm-hmm. Even if I disagree with the choices you've made or where you're at or any, nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. Our choices don't matter because at the end of the day, we're all humans. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all flawed. We're all flawed. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they did have very real lives. And I didn't feel like any of them were like, overly sob stories or overly amazing. They just felt very balanced of like a normal, like trial. Everyone has these big trials or small trials or, and big highs and little highs, you know, it was just a good mix for all of them. Normal. It felt very real. Right. I agree. It was good. Good. Anyway, that was my first one. Good, good. Okay. My first one is The Sugar Queen by Sarah Addison Allen. Um, this was a book that was chosen in um, in a group a group of ladies that I get together with. One of them recommended this book, and so I read it. And um, it came out in two thousand eight. I had yeah. never heard of this. I book. read this one a long so time you've ago. Heard of it? Mm-hmm. I I had not heard of this author. I guess she's an author that has quite a few books out there. Um, I I didn't know of her before, so it was new to me. 
And I gave it three stars. Okay. I can't say that I loved it. There were interesting aspects about it. So the basis of it is this woman who, she is a grown woman. She is from very wealthy family. And she lives with her elderly mother. Her father has passed away and her mother it does not treat her very well at all and kind of resents her. But the daughter can't doesn't know why she is this way to her. And she's very like nitpicky on, oh, you shouldn't wear that outfit. You shouldn't wear this. You shouldn't wear that. You know, just, and she's just never going to leave home. She feels like she has to stay and take care of her mom as she's getting older. Yeah. And that she's just kind of stuck there. And she meets this other woman from the same town who she starts, you know, visiting with and getting to know and um, getting to know her life story. And it kind of gets her out into the community a little more, what she's learning about this other friend and who she hangs out with and what her life story is and things she's been through that she helps her with. And so it kind of gets her out of the house. It gets her, you know, visiting with other people, and she starts to kind of realize there is something beyond these walls. And as she gets out of these walls, there are things she starts figuring out about her family and her life that has been kept a secret from her and how she goes through that and processes it. There were some things I liked about it. This is a character who is a little overweight, maybe a little frumpy. Like, her mom has put her down. Mm -hmm. She sneaks. She's a grown adult, but she has, like, a stash of treats in her closet because her mom doesn't allow her to eat those types of things. You only <laughs> eat certain foods at a certain time when the tablescape is set a perfect way. And mm. you don't interact with certain people in the town because they would be below you or don't bother them with your silliness. You know, like mm. apologizing for her all the time. And so she definitely has some issues because of this low self-esteem and and the effect that her mom has had on her. I sort of wish the title is The Sugar Queen. Yeah. She's got this stash of food in her closet that she's going to. There's these references to food all along, but yet it seems like a total backstory. Oh, I don't feel like it's really integrated well yes. into the actual story. Yes. There's another aspect of it that books appear throughout her life and the titles of the books are kind of guidance to what she should do about a certain issue going on. Hmm. Again, I felt like that was a side story that yeah. w wasn't integrated into the main story. It was just there. Yeah. So, I just didn't feel like it wove together really, really well. We had a lot of different things going on, each of them interesting in their own way. Sure. But it just kind of missed the mark for me. Sure. I gave it three stars. I I mean, it was, it was good. It was entertaining for what it was, but I did not love it. I, from what I had heard about it from, reading reviews online and other people who've read it, I was expecting more. And sometimes that's hard when we have something that is so talked up. Yes, we have high expectations. More. Absolutely. And this one just didn't hold that for me. So. Sure. Anyway, it was right. the Sugar Queen. Three stars.
Let me know if you've read it. I want to hear your thoughts on it or someone who loved it. Let's talk about it. Let's hear why. I love that, actually. All right. Um, The next book I'm going to talk about is Banyan Moon by Tao Tai. I hope I said that right. Okay. Um, Sounds good to me. Right? This is a new release. It came out in June of this year, the end of June. Um. I feel like I've seen it. Let me see. I feel like I've heard the title. Oh, it was a Jenna times. book club okay, that's pick. Because I'm like, this is something. Okay. I'm like, I'm sure I saw it somewhere. And you know what also is popping out right now with the fires in Hawaii? And wasn't it a banyan tree? It's a banyan tree. That was ruined in the fire. And that's been in the media a lot oh, recently. I don't You're know. You're probably am I right. right. Or am I making that up? They are very big in Hawaii. So it would okay. be Yeah, I think that it would be very been realistic. A lot of talk about it um being ruined by the fire. Anyway. Okay. So um this is the story of three generations of Vietnamese women, a grandmother, a daughter, and a granddaughter who and their relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. Um there are other family members that play a part, but the story really jumps from each of their perspectives and we see life through their eyes. Um, the grandmother brought her two children um, to the United States from Vietnam and bought the Banyan house, which has a large Banyan tree in the yard, which is how it get, got its name. And the house is very stately. It like looks very large from the outside, but but is really not maybe as large on the inside is the impression I get. And it's never been changed. So it is the same from when they bought it, which is, it's quite old. And so we meet them uh-huh. when grandmother passes away. She's okay. passing away. And now the daughter who has moved, or the granddaughter who has moved away is coming home. She's loves her grandmother she was very close to her grandmother she felt like she her grandmother was really like her mother because her mother wasn't her mother right there so um and you don't really understand that because the mother the daughter and the is taking care of her mother the grandmother so we've got you know the daughter is taking care of grandmother when she dies she's very much a part of it so you're trying to understand this trying to take it apart and you start to see like stories from the past they're all having memories and and things that tell the story of what's led them here and it's a very dynamic relationship between the three of them and and there's a lot of things that create it and it was really quite moving and very much like it's it's hard yeah. It's a hard family and they've had really hard trials. And the granddaughter is an adult now and she's she finds herself in a really tricky situation. She's pregnant. Her boyfriend has she doesn't know she's pregnant until after she finds out that her boyfriend has cheated on her. And so she kind of goes home to be with her mom to take care of her grandmother's funeral and she finds out that she's pregnant. What is she going to do about it? Um, and so she's trying to deal with like, what does her future look like while healing from the past? Mm-hmm. And so there's just a lot. It's, it's a really deep novel. I like don't know. It, there's a lot to it. Like if you need a good dramatic, like a drama type story that is going to be very much relationship centered and 
it, this is a great one. Like, it was heavy for me. This one was heavy for me. Sounds like it's one of those points in life where life changes. There's yeah. a big turn. And what do you do from there? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of outside forces that have always mm-hmm. maybe pushed you around. Mm-hmm. And you get to a place where you have to make a decision. You're faced with having to. Am I going to continue letting it push me, letting life and the people around me push me around? Or am I going to choose for myself the way mm-hmm. I want things to go? And it's it's a tough one, mm-hmm. right? It's a tough one for all of the people. And everybody has certain desires and on how things are going to work out. And who can get who's gonna get what they want and who's going to be disappointed there's just a lot yeah and i i really like the book i gave it four stars um i did walk away kind of like who i've just like been through the ringer still really enjoying it yes like so sometimes there's just like a time for like ooh, i'm i'm ready to be moved but in a heavy way. Right. <laughs> right. Not like I'm going to laugh. Like some books are going to be light and breezy. This one is not. And I still like, and and a lot of the characters I was frustrated with because they make a lot of bad choices. And you can see where that's going to lead them. Yes. But. And at the same time, you get these glimpses and you understand <laughs> why. You totally can see <clears throat> why they made those choices and the way we protect ourselves mm-hmm. because of things that have happened before. And it's, it was good. So I, I definitely gave that four stars, but was awesome. ready for a good long nap. Ready for something. Yeah. <laughs> I needed to process it myself. <laughs> right. Right. No, I totally get that. There are books like that. And then there are the lighthearted books that we need in between. Yes, Absolutely. Okay, the book I'm going to talk about next is The In-Between, Unforgettable Encounters During Life's Final Moments by Hadley Vlahos. Vlahos. Sorry, again, uh, with these names. We do our best. Right, we sure do. I loved this book. Okay. So much. This is the story of... um, This woman during her life, she is a hospice nurse. And so she is telling the stories, telling her own story, along with like how she became a hospice nurse, um, how she ended up in this field, her own personal life and struggles and um, desperations and needs. But then going into these homes, she's a hospice nurse that goes to their homes. And... um, And it just talks about what a hospice nurse does, the resources that they gather for people, the, um, you know, they go and they collect vitals, but then they also talk to people and they help the family process what's going on, that they're going to lose this loved one. And what can I do for you? And they ask her, like, how's this going to go down? And she prepares them. She'll give them like, well, usually next we'll see this stage and this stage and, um, she is not a religious person. She said when she first started out in this field, she would have considered herself atheist. Mm. And she said, now she can't deny that there is something that happens in the process of death that is more than just coincidental. And she shares a bunch of different stories wow. of her different patients. And um, it's very, very common that they – before they die, that they see somebody 
from their life, their parent that has passed away before, their child who passed away 30 mm-hmm. years before. And she said, whether it's they're really seeing them or they've reverted to a memory in a childlike brain or a whatever it is, it it is scientifically like in the medical books that that is a stage in dying. Oh my goodness. Is seeing a past loved one. It's not just something that happens occasionally. It quite commonly happens. Wow. And um and she's able to talk to different um families about this and help them with these pro- this process and and as sad as it is how beautiful it is mm. as well. Mm. And how gratifying the job is to be so helpful at a time that's so difficult for other people, but then also the heaviness that she carries out from it. It is such a unique profession mm-hmm. of a nurse. And even like it talks about how she's gone to school to be a nurse and she's being a hospice nurse and that's kind of looked down on. And she gets comments from like her dad or other people like, okay, when are you going to be done with this and then go be a real nurse? As if this isn't real nursing. You know, like, when are you going to go work with cancer patients or a surgeon or in the hospitals or a doctor's office? This going to people's houses, it's just not valued amongst some people. People don't get it. And so reading this book gives you a really good, beautiful view into the important job of a hospice nurse. Wow. The heavy job of a hospice nurse. I gave it five stars. Wow. It was so well written and it just beautifully woven together her personal life and the the families that she's helped. Oh. I loved it. That's I think amazing. everybody should read it. It's called The In-Between, and I gave it five stars. Awesome. It's so good. That's amazing. Um, The last book I'm going to talk about today is The Wishing Game by Meg Schaefer. Um, This is the cutest cover. I have seen that cover. (laughs) I've I've seen this book so all over the place. Yes. I don't know what I thought this book, or this, yeah, this book was about, but it wasn't what it was actually about. Oh, I I did not have you were the surprised. right. Yeah, I did not have the right idea. Now, were you basing um, that off the cover? Maybe. Or did you think you had heard something else about it? I don't even know. You don't know. Okay. Like I got a gazillion things going on in my brain. Where did <laughs> that true. thought come from? Yeah. I don't know. You could have made um, it up. <laughs> I could have made it up. It's very possible. <laughs> um, um, this is a story of Lucy Hart. She is a single 20-something-year-old who is a teacher's aide in an elementary school. I love it. I know. She does not have any money. She's quite poor, but she loves what she does. That's why we're all there. Right? Exactly. (laughs) She especially loves one little boy who has had quite a traumatic life experience way bigger than any child should have to go through. I would say 99% of children would not have this life trauma. Um, And he is left in foster care. Mm, That makes me so sad. And she wants to adopt him. Okay. But 
she needs money. She has to be able to live alone in a home and be able to provide for him. And there's certain requirements that she just can't seem to meet. And so um, it feels impossible. One of their favorite things to do together is to read these stories that she grew up with. She started reading them to him. I think they're called... Um, I don't, he's just, he's a whimsical child author and he wrote lots of like novels for children, Mm -hmm. um, over the years, but became recluse about six years prior. And, but she grew up reading the novels and loved him and found a lot of solace in his stories. And so when this boy started having had this problem and became so sad and alone she tried to bring him hope Mm -hmm. by reading him these stories one of the key things in each story was the children would make a wish and by the end their wish would come true okay and so they always had hope that they can make all their wishes and so that was the game that this that lucy would play with her this boy she loved it was let's make all the wishes we can because they might just come true mm-hmm. and so she always wanted to give him and he you know really just says well all i ever really want is for you to be my mom and she can't give it to him and it's devastating and yeah, um so sad the author of these books who has gone recluse all of a sudden comes out with a new book. But instead of publishing this book, he decides he's going to play a game. And he invites certain people that to come, who can answer a riddle, to come to his island that he lives on wow. and play a game. And the winner of the game gets the book. And they can do whatever they want with it. They can publish wow. it. They can keep it for themselves. Whatever you want. It's your book. The gift being the book. Wow. And we are talking like world-renowned author. So it's, and he hasn't written for six years. Like everyone's biting at the bit this for this book. This could be a book. really big so, profit for you right. if you got this book. And she needs money. Lucy, in her past, ran away to this wish island, I think is what it was called. And because she had a hard childhood herself Mm -hmm. and thought he would save her and so she met him oh and in this meeting that wasn't long lived he she had to go home but she knows the answer to the riddle from this meeting from this meeting ah so she gets to go back to the island to the island and and she plays the game so in the meantime game can she win the game yeah can she adopt and Henry mm-hmm. or the boy I might be wrong about his name but the boy and will and and if she even can can she do it in time because someone's going to want to adopt him and it, and he's going to go to another family oh and it's it's very charming mm-hmm. i loved this book oh i kind of love it already <laughs> and i haven't even read it i loved this book this I want to read Jack Masterson is the mm-hmm. author's name. I want to read his books and they're fictional. And they're fictional. <laughs> we need these books. I know, Jack. I know, please. Um they this book 
I read right after Banyan Moon, mm-hmm. where I was like, whew. You like, needed this type of book. Yes. And so that may be a part of like what it. drew me in so much, but I adored it. It was sweet. Mm-hmm. It was full of hope, fun, and just mm-hmm. like goodness. It's just full of goodness. And sometimes you need to see a little bit of that. Right. And I won't spoil it for you whether or not she wins, but um, or how they play the game. But it it's it's delightful. I gave it four stars. I mean, even the more I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh, I should have given it five. Like it was just really fun. I loved it. I thought it was great. It's called The Wishing Game. Awesome. That sounds really good. So the last book I'm gonna talk about today is Pineapple Street by Jenny Jackson. This just came out this last March. I don't know that I've read anything else by her before. Um, let's see. This might I be heard about this one. Like I have seen this book. around. Yeah. So like everywhere. It is everywhere. And these are well, let me tell you a little bit about what it is. Okay. So you've got this family in New York that comes from generational money, has a lot of money a lot of privilege. They have three children, two daughters and a son, and they're grown adults at this story. And they do reflect back on their childhood and what it was like and the dynamic of the family. And, um, you know, the, each of them have money in a trust and, you know, managing that trust and who's tied to it and what they do with it. And pretty much they're living off of the interest of this trust. No one has to work, Hmm. but they've each done different things with their lives. Um, The one sister, when she got married, the trust was set up that to get your trust, you had to have a prenup. Mm. And she did not want her marriage to have a prenup. She didn't want to go down that road. So she chose her marriage and this belief that there would be, you know, wasn't going to have a prenup and did not get her trust. So she is living life. I mean, her husband has a job, he does well, but it's not how she grew up. They've got children, you know, there's there's struggles, they're working, she's given up a career to be the stay-at-home parent, and he's working, and even though they're, they're fine, I mean, parents aren't going to throw her out on her head, but she doesn't have this millions of dollar nest egg to fall back on. Mm. So you see her kind of how her family dynamic is working with her husband and her children and, and maybe second guessing the choices that she made. Then you've got the brother who is kind of following in dad's footsteps. He's, you know, managing hedge funds and, and doing all that. And, and then you have this other girl who's married into the family Mm. and she comes from a well-off family but not a trust family, Mm. not this high society family that goes to banquets and stuff. Both of her parents worked. They had good jobs. She went to good schools. Um, But it's, but this family that she's married into like looks down on her. Mm. And even at one point asked like, what was it like growing up poor? And she's (sighs) like, I wasn't poor. I always had a home. I always had food. We went on trips You know, her family is not poor, but compared to this family she's moved in with, she comes from very humble beginnings. 
Hmm. Anyway, so it's kind of this family dynamic of how the sisters interact with the sister-in-law. And like, they think she is just married him for the money. Like Mm. he's there. She's there to, yeah, to take the money when really that's not true at all. Well, her and her husband are given the family home that the children all grew up in. Wow. When they move in, they're told they can do whatever they want with the home. But when they go to do things, they're like, oh, you're not going to want to do that. And this home is like a museum to this family. It's like hoarders. They've kept everything. And because it's like generational wealth, they have generational furniture too, like very high-end furniture that's been passed down from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. So here she comes into this family in this eclectic, antique vibe and saving literally everything from their childhood is saved here. And she wants to clean it out to make this house her, her own. But she's the intruder here. And every time she tries, like, there's trophies, there's why can't the people take their stuff? Take their stuff with them, yeah. But they're just like, where would we put it? And you can't just get rid of it. The things she finds in this house, you're just like, oh my gosh, you should never save <laughs> some of these things. Like baby teeth. And Ew. there's just a collection of everything they ever made in school mm-hmm. or did or it, clothing. It's all there. And so you, it's the story is of a family, family dynamics, how... How you take on your privilege, what should you do with it? Should people have that much money? Mm. The fact that you can have these billions, millions, billions of dollars that has just trickled down through your family that you've never had to do anything before. You could never spend that much money. Should you have it? That's a good question. Should you share it? But on the other hand, there's people in the family who are like, well, what if something ever happened? You have to think about your future. And the thought of, well, if something happened, I don't need this much money to help me from that situation. Like, what situation yes. would have to happen that I need this much money when there's all these other people suffering? Anyway, interesting. Wow. Um, I liked it. I liked the storyline. I do sort of feel like it was another book about another family issue relationships sure. and it didn't really stand out That's what strongly I was say. It was nothing from new. other stories in the same similar genre I yes guess. yes i gave it three stars it was an enjoyable story but maybe i was a little bored too okay so there you go there you go let me know what you think sure I like that. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can email us all your thoughts on this at this is your book club podcast at gmail.com. Please rate, subscribe, share with your friends. Yes. Uh, thank you to Amphibious Zoo for our music. And we'll see you next time. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And, and this, this is, is your book club. club.